got you. Okay. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode four of the Random Podcast. As you, as you could probably see, either A by the title or if you're watching the video on the video, I got a next man with me. Uh, RTA's finest, Ethan Polk. Ethan, what's going on, man? How you doing? Man, I'm chilling today. I'm a little overtired because I slept too much, but I appreciate you having me on. I'm excited for today's podcast, man. Yeah, man, no problem. Uh, so first guest on the podcast. This is big. No pressure, fam, but you know, this is the standard, essentially. You're setting the bar here. So uh, anyways, get into it. We're going to obviously start off. You guys don't might not know who Ethan really is right now. So I'm going to do a little interview segment on Ethan. He's going to interview me with some questions. Uh, talk about some basketball stuff. And then um, I guess the more juicy stuff, you know, some Twitter, Twitter girls, you know what I'm saying? A little relationship advice. He's in a relationship, so he's got to be careful with what he's saying. But, but you know. <laughs> yeah, you got them right out. We'll try not to draw him out too much. Anyways, man. So obviously all I said was your name, but, uh, you know, we go to school together. But who are you, man? Like, you know, what are you about? What, where you live? All that kind of stuff. That's a great question. My name is Ethan Pogue. I'm from Port Hope, Ontario, which is like a small town just east of Oshawa. If you guys know the 401, it's like a half hour down the way. Um, pretty small. It's like 16,500 people. So like I kind of grew up like in a very small community, like everybody knows everybody. So you can't really get away with anything, which was pretty tough growing up. Um, but yeah, I went to uh, I went to school at a neighboring uh, town called Coburg. Um, I went to a Catholic school just because, you know, that was the decision at the time. And uh, yeah, man, went through the interview interview process. I found about sport media ones on like I think I was in grade ten, oh. and uh, and I applied for it in grade twelve, and I got in. And then uh, ever since then, you know, man, just just been thriving. Like I really love our program. I love Ryerson, and like I wish I was there right now. But as of right now, I'm still living in Port Hope. Yeah, because I was gonna say like it's weird. Um, I found out about sport media like hella late. Like I think like right when people were applying. Like I didn't even know what I was gonna. I think I wanted to get into kinesiology, or whatever. And I went to university fair and I saw sport media and I was like, okay, shit, let me apply for this, see what happens. But like, I was talking about it on uh, like with different people. Have you seen like the numbers in terms of how many people actually get accepted into this program versus how many people apply? No, I had no nuts. idea. It's nuts. Apparently, dude, it's like I had no idea. Or something like that, like a thousand people, at least in our year, anyways, um, apply for the program, and only what you say right now is like what like less than less than sixty people in our class, or maybe sixty people in our program in general. I, I think we started with um, like a little over 65, didn't we? I don't really yeah, remember. But something like that. But I know that we took like less than 75. Yeah, that stuff's crazy. Because like for me, like it doesn't even feel that small because the only other person I knew applying was Jelani. And Jelani obviously got in, you know, so it's like everyone I knew got in. But it was one of those ones. Um, I guess it was weird because like from my graduating class, like in high school, I think my graduating class was like 120 people or so. It wasn't it wasn't too many what? people, but I was the only person from my graduating class to go to Ryerson. Like I was the only <laughs> kid to be going to school in Toronto. Like no one went to like Centennial College, Seneca. No one went to U of T. I was the only kid from my graduating class to go to a school in Toronto. Period. Oh shit! So I knew nobody. So it was a fresh start then for you. Yeah, because I knew hella people going. Yeah, to it was different very programs. Yeah, I knew different people going to like different programs at Ryerson. So I kind of had familiar faces but like that was my difference because like before this have you ever really have you been in toronto like actually like stayed in toronto and like got to know the area or was it like your first time at ryerson yeah that's it funny you mentioned that so i think my first experience like in toronto i think i was like 10 years old my parents took me to go to nathan phillips square when i was like i think it was 10 i think carl wolf was doing like a <laughs> like a concert at nathan phillips square and like it was a huge crowd and like then you need to know about me you might know this because like i posted recently on my private account but i was very small growing up like i was a little very little kid yeah. and uh i was getting pushed around like just like i felt so claustrophobic in the city so like i 
hated it. I hated Toronto. Like I never wanted to go back. Um, <laughs> and then I started playing basketball. I was like 13, 14. And we go to like this, I think it's called the Sky Dome, which used to be a, uh, a, 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 a I think a military like um, plane hangar or something like that. And it got split up into four different basketball courts. And I like, I spent more time oh. in the GTA and the city and stuff like that. And I kind of fell in love with it. So that, that be, kind of became a decision. And there was like a, a kid in my, my uh, hockey team who went to sport media. His name's Troy Langstaff. And also mm. another kid named Connor Dobis. So I went and visited them and they showed me around the school. I got to know the campus. And yeah, I mean, I just kind of like, I like the vibe. So and I'm just kind of committing to it, but it wasn't, it wasn't initially my first choice, but uh, I once I kind of learned more about it, it became my first choice. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. That was kind of like me. Cause when I applied for the thing, you know, you have to do like a whole bunch of like, like the interview process. You have to like get recommendations from teacher, all that. Like, there's a lot of stuff to do before you could like actually get your, get your name yeah. on the list and stuff. And um, I had applied to like Seneca for like TV broadcasting like that. And that's a college. So like I got into that like right away. And so at the time I was like, yo, let me just take this instead and bun off for a media. My parents like, no, 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 no. You already went, did it all, that kind of stuff. Finish out the thing and just see what happens. So happy I actually went through with it. But um, I guess kind of how we, you know, how me and you kind of got to where we are now. I knew, honestly, it's bad, yo, because I never talked to no one. Aside from like a handful of people in the program. I never talked to anyone that I didn't need to talk to. You know what I mean? And if, if it was anyone new, it was like for a group project. And after the group project, it was, you know, I'll see you when I see you. I think the first time yeah. I really knew who you were was, uh, if you remember that whole thing where we all go to Ram and the Rye after, I forgot what class it was. One of Dan Robson's classes. We all go yeah, to Ram sports, and the Rye. Sports break programming on Wednesday nights. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This guy remembers the date. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So at that time, <laughs> I was like, yo, who's this kid, fam? And then, and then I think Jelani or someone was telling me about, you know, I was like, oh, okay, cool. This guy seems cool. And then obviously you started chopping it up, you know, cool guy, cool guy. But yeah, um, obviously this semester. I appreciate that. Yeah, man. This semester. Got a little bit, you know, got to know you a lot more because Giannis in Toronto 2021. For those of you that don't know, me and him had business together with a few other guys. Uh, made a business group and it was called Giannis in Toronto 2021. Uh, and, you know, business was interesting, fam. It was, it was different because it's on it's on Zoom. Zoom you, Zoom you, Zoom University. Um, How did you find that whole experience of being, you know, doing school completely remotely online? Uh, You know, like, man, it's tough because I feel like like last year in March when we like first hit the pandemic and we moved into like the online delivery, like I felt like, uh, you know, this is kind of feasible. Like they definitely toned down the, uh, the scale of it. Like they definitely like made it a little bit easier for us to finish up our semester. And then going into this year, I was thinking like, oh, they're going to take it easy on us. You know, it's not going to be as heavy as like a workload. And dog was I wrong, bro. Like, yo, TV lab class, business class, bro. I was like, they were giving us the work, man. And like, um, Philip Walsh, like, I guess, like, man, like that three-hour class, like, gave me so much stress from like just doing the workshops, like having to go on and like finish like a, a like a good product for like participation for each class. So, um, no, man, I was like, it was like, I was glad that we had like a good group and like all of us were kind of like on the same page. Like, hey, we're here for participation. We don't care that much, but like, yeah. we're still gonna get it done. So yeah, that's why like, kind of like when we started chopping it up and like I knew you first year like a little bit because um, we had that sport media theory class with Curtis Malley, which is still probably like one of my favorite classes that we ever did. Yeah. And you, Jelani, and I think a few other guys, I think Emmanuel maybe sat in the front. So I kind of like, knew of you guys, but like I like kind of kind of follow like I followed Northside Talks, like listen to podcasts, like kind of like I was aware of who you guys were, but we didn't start talking until that Wednesday class with Dan Robson. And like mm -hmm. that class was just a late class because we go from six to nine. 
and we'd be like leaving campus like dark out like like sun's not up like we're all like exhausted from just some bullshit like mid through like the week so we'd all go to to ram the rye and uh you know it was cool because like that was like the like the first time like our class kind of because we're a very competitive program that was the first time our class kind of came together and like you know like other people started to like to mesh with other people we got to learn about each other and stuff so like that chemistry kind of got built then and there so that was yeah. that was definitely cool because i'm so happy i started going because i don't remember who it was i think i think jelani told me about it. like i think he went one day and i'm um, told me about the, the next day and i was like oh you know what i should actually go and see you know actually talk to the people in my program because i never talked to no one else so like i would go and it felt it I was low key a little bit worried because it's like I, I wondered if people were gonna look at me like, "Yo, why is this kid only trying to like, you know, why is he here now? He had like a whole semester, whatever." But it was cool, yo, because everyone was like mad open and mad like so like they're just really nice and wanted to, you know, like the questions I would ask them, they were asking me the same questions. It was some, it was real nice. It was, it was nice. It was nice. Um, but yeah, man, like Zoom University, that stuff was that stuff was nuts. Cause at first I was low, I was mad excited because I didn't like commuting. Cause like I'm assuming when we were in school, you lived downtown, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can't commute from Port Hope. That's not gonna I was going to say, yeah, that, that's not happening. But because um, for me in Markham, I had to like, so if we had like an 8 a.m. class and it was 8 a.m. classes, I had to get up at like five in the morning and then, you know, get myself ready. Yeah, yo, <laughs> five in the morning was not because it's during winter as well. So it's cold, too. And it's um, yeah. it's one of those ones where you have to get up five in the morning, take a train by like 630 ish and give you enough time to actually walk to the thing. Cause like, I wouldn't, I didn't always want to take the TTC. Cause you know, my, I ain't Bill Gates, you know what I'm saying? Money's a little bit tight as a university. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so when I heard the online stuff, I was like, okay, yeah, this is fine. Cause now I can just take all my classes from in, from like in my room. Oh God, that was such a mistake because it's like, I would try to take a class from in my bed and I'd pass yeah. out like half an hour after. And I was yeah. like, okay, yeah, I can't yeah, do yeah, this. The whole, I'm just gonna take a little break. I'm just gonna rest my eyes for two yeah. minutes. And like, boom, <laughs> class is over. This meeting has ended. I remember there was a, um, I took a game design class and I mean like, it was cool, but it was a lot more technical than I thought it was gonna be. Cause obviously like I play video games, but I'm not really into the developmental side of video games, but that what this class was. Well, and, who's uh, your prop? I took that last year. Oh, what the heck? Yo, Christopher. Christopher something? Yeah. The black guy, he came yeah. in for our- Is he class. sick? Yeah, he's actually, he's so energetic. And so it was awesome. He is. But, but just the concept, the things we were talking about, it was making me bored. So like, I remember like one, cause it's three hours from like eight to 11 or something like that. So I take it in my yeah. bed and I think like half an hour through, I kept like, I, I found I kept setting alarms on my phone. Like I I'd set one for 10 minutes from now and then go to sleep wake up and then set another one for 10 minutes and it's like fam what the hell is the point of me even attending that because i didn't know what the hell is going on but um yeah man Zoom i had a i had a similar class on fridays at 8 a.m to 11 i had uh hamza khan like and dude like he's oh yeah such a great lecturer yeah and i loved his class i took social media i think it was like an rta 902 mm -hmm. class mm -hmm. and he's he's such a great lecturer but like bro why did you pick 8 a.m like i want to listen to you <laughs> but i want to sleep yeah. And like, I would say like, like you, I would set the alarm. I would set the first one at 8 a.m. So I could wake up, log in and I'd go back to bed and I'd set my second alarm for 9 a.m. So I could wake up back for like when we'd like do the breakout room so I could do my group project. And then I would go back to bed and they would submit it. So yeah, yeah. I was like, I wasn't lacking, but Zoom University was tough, man. Cause like, I felt like before, like I, I always kind of felt like university was a little bit overpriced. I still enjoy our program. Like I love what I do. No, no program I'd, I'd rather do more, but I still felt like I was paying like quite a bit of money for like a program. And I always feel like university like a little bit overpriced just because of inflation mm -hmm. um but once like zoom happened like zoom university started to take over and we had to sit, pay the same price and, and like 
profs are still telling me like, oh, you need to buy the textbook. I'm like, oh, why do dude. I need to buy the textbook? And the profs are like saying buy the textbook and then having closed book exams. Like, bro, yeah, how are you, you gonna tell me this is good? That's <laughs> closed book. Yeah, cause it's like, Not um, I remember my first year, I took. I don't even want to air out the class like that, cause I'm, I'm, I'm good. I would say to people, actually, no, I will. I don't care. Um, intro to the to do it, whatever, right? I forgot what the course code was, but okay. that it was a it, technically like it was a very good class in terms of what you could learn. The teacher, though, I'm not gonna say the teacher's name. The teacher was very hard, though. She was very, very tough. I remember one week she literally said to us, um, "Yeah, it's not my job for you guys to get good, good grades in this class. It's my job to tell you guys what to what to know." And I was like, "Oh, okay." At that point, I should have dropped the class because I ended up failing the class. <laughs> And um, oh. <laughs> I ended up failing the class, <laughs> but she told us, cause this is, this is like first semester, first year. So everyone's obviously like hella new to everything. And so she's pushing this, this textbook to get, uh, for us to get, and I'm, uh, I'm looking at it and it's her book. Like she, so she gets revenue off of us buying this book. We, we, everyone buys the book and we didn't use it once, bro. I was like, yo, after, I only realized this in second year, I was like, fam, we just got finessed out of like, I think it was like 60 bucks or something like that. And I was like, bro, I didn't even need to use yeah. this textbook. But she made, like, she was pushing it for like the first three classes. Like the first like half an hour of the first few classes was all why you should buy the book and why, you know, what's in the book, all that kind of stuff. And it's just like, bro, I felt so played. So for anyone that's in first year or going into first year, let wait it out okay just wait it out maybe let one of your friends get the book first and then you know see if you really need it but otherwise do not waste your Bro, time. that was your chance to sell your book what are you doing dog i know <laughs> that was yeah. your, your chance to- <laughs> <laughs> i should because you know the thing is too i think milan i had a um a sociology sociology of sport class and milan gave me his textbook for that and like it was just to lend it but after like covid hit all that kind of stuff so i, I still have the book now like i don't know when to give it back to this guy but um right. yeah man so i guess you have questions for me or what's what yeah i do man i was like because i did my research before <laughs> i came on the podcast as i usually do so i want to make sure i came in prepared so i think when i was listening to the podcast with um connor and aiden uh which is called the big league go check out their podcast if you guys have mm. the time uh you were saying that your first memory of sport was the um like sport like sports in general was like the ty- i think it was the tyree catch on his helmet helmet yeah. for the giants game and whatever yeah. which i thought was interesting because that was a that was a huge game and then connor tried to call you out or whatever but you said <laughs> that you grew up playing soccer right that was like mm-hmm. kind of like your main sport so yeah. like as far as like soccer goes like how come soccer became like the sport for you and like what kind of made you how did I drive a passion for that sport? Like, what was it for you? Honestly, it wasn't even the first sport I played, like, technically. Like, technically, the first sport I played was was basketball. And, like, that was when I was, like, really, really young. And, like, I don't know what happened, but something... I remember vaguely, like, vaguely going to this new team for something for basketball. It didn't go well at all. And after that, I just... I didn't want any part of basketball. Like, none at all. So, after that, we went to... I went to soccer. And that was just... I guess that was kind of, like, the only other sport that I could technically technically play because like my dad's a huge football fan, but they didn't yeah. want me playing football because you know, all the, the concussions, GT. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. They didn't want me playing that. Yeah. Um, hockey. I never knew how to skate it. So I was like, okay, let me, I don't even, you know what I'm saying? I, I didn't know how to skate. I didn't want to learn how to skate to play the sport. So I was like, okay, soccer is the only other thing to do. Cause I was, I didn't want, I, I didn't like baseball. I didn't like baseball, but soccer was, was the one really that. Yeah, man. It's, I still cannot watch baseball to this day. I find it. I find it interesting. I can't either. Yeah, I went interesting because I think it was in that um that class with Curtis Maloli. He was talking a little bit about baseball, 
And um, it sounded interesting because, like, you know, each stadium is different to, to each other. So I thought that was really cool. But I've tried watching it. I just can't. It doesn't, I don't know, it doesn't work. It doesn't work for me. I think you have to be in love with the tradition of the sport to really get into it. And yeah. I think it's also like one of the sports, like, if you don't play it, then, like, you don't really get it. Yeah, so. exactly. And I feel like that's what it is with soccer a lot, too, because I know some people that say they can't watch soccer, like, the, the sport. And I was the exact same way when I was younger because it's a very, it's a slower-paced game, you know? But when you're playing, like, when you play the sport and then you learn it, it yeah. a bit more, you'll actually see, you know, different things that, that to pay attention to that, that's interesting. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like kind of similar to football. Like if you don't play the sport, like you think it's like slow and boring, but like once mm -hmm. you learn the intricacies of it, then it, like it becomes so much more fast paced, like positioning sets. Yeah. That's what I think. Thing. I think, so, yeah, football, I, get that. I think football, like the people that play football, I think those, like, those are some of the smartest athletes like ever, just because like the plays you have to remember. And it's just like, it's so intricate into the sense where if everyone's doing their job right if one person misses their assignment the whole thing interception pick six you know what i'm saying the whole thing goes goes to shit and it's it's yeah. cool because sometimes like me because i watch football but i don't know each position and what the what the roles are all that kind of stuff you could see okay something clearly went wrong here but why did it go wrong you know what i'm saying like i don't know how to do any of that with football yeah. soccer i can do that soccer i can dissect everything because i've been playing for a long time but yeah man so soccer was a sport i always played yeah. with did growing up in the GTA give you like a lot more opportunity to kind of like play soccer and like develop those skills? Because I know that like the GTA, in like my opinion, is like probably like in Ontario at least, probably one of the more multicultural areas. It probably is the most multicultural area in Canada. So like, mm -hmm. did you like get a lot of opportunity to play soccer and kind of travel and stuff like that? Or like, yeah. was that? Yeah, because it was like the GTA, obviously everything, like all the cities or I guess cities slash towns are all very close together. You know what I mean? So obviously I started playing, I'm in Markham. So I started playing with Markham Soccer Club. Um, stuff didn't work out there. So I went to, I think, Richmond Hill, which is another city still very close to Markham. And then again, bounced around, went to a team in Vaughan, went to a team in Toronto, and then a team in Oshawa. So it helps a lot being in the GTA because everything is so close. Whereas like if you're from Ottawa, just because there's other teams in Ottawa, there's only like three teams you can choose from. You know what I mean? And it's all right there. Yeah. There's not much variety, you know? So the GTA definitely helps because, you know, you get to you play a lot more people, you see different styles of play. So playing the GTA was huge, especially for soccer, in my opinion. And how come you switch coaches so many times? Uh, dude, cause coaches- Were you the problem or were the coaches the problem? <laughs> That's the real question. Now, okay, obviously I'm a player, so it's gonna be biased. I'm gonna always say the coach is the problem, but hindsight, there's some coaches that I look back and I was like, okay, I low key actually wish I played for this coach. You know what I mean? Um, but for me, coaching was a big thing, just in the sense that I wanted a coach that that wanted me to develop not only as a player, but like as a person as well. So when I found that coach, his name's Dominic Willock, I'll never forget him. He always like, he, he wanted me to develop as a player, but just as much as he wanted me to develop as a player, he wanted me to develop as like a young man, you know what I'm saying? And it was, it's cool. Cause a lot of like the values he was teaching was similar to my father. And it was, um it was real good. Like I really felt comfortable there. And then on top of that, you got the impression that, or I got the impression that he actually believed in me and that I could do you know, I could go big, all that kind of stuff. So belief is huge for me. So that's why I kept jumping around to find like the right coach, you know? Cause for me, like I think soccer, at least in Canada or in the GTA anyways, um, I don't want to say it's corrupt, but there's a lot of things that go on in soccer where it's about like, it's all about who you know, rather than how good you actually are, if that makes any sense. So yeah, that I got was you. something big for me. I wanted to find a coach also that wasn't biased and would actually just see people for the talent that they are, that they are not because yeah. oh, they're close with my friend or whatever. You know what I mean? That kind of stuff. 
Yeah. Did you have any aspirations for like post secondary school for soccer, or did you just kind of understand like once high school was kind of over, that was um, it? I I always wanted to go pro when I was younger, and um, I think what was it like grade twelve or whatever, I got the opportunity to go to like a camp and um for a I think a university it was in Buffalo. There was one in Buffalo and then one in like Chicago or something like that. But I just went to Buffalo because it was a lot closer. But around that time was um the same time. I don't know if you remember. I think it was in Charlottesville. There was some real racist thing that happened in Charlottesville, like with like the um like Nazi stuff, yeah. all that kind of stuff. And then I was, that's when a lot yeah. of things were kicking off, just all around the states, you know, in terms of like police brutality and you know the whole racism stuff. So I was like, okay, I don't really know if I really want to go to the states in general, you know, because I've had experiences in the states, yeah. but it's just like with tournaments. I was like, okay, I don't know if I really want to go to the states. Let me just chill out and see what's what's going on in Canada. Um, and then so obviously I went to Ryerson and I knew the coach a little bit. I talked to the coach a little bit before, but for the life of me, honestly, actually, no, I think at the time when I was going into the sport, I don't know what was going on in my head. Something was going on. So like, I wasn't, I wasn't enjoying it as much. You know what I mean? So, uh, I just kind of mm. stopped. And then, so my first year, I pretty much just, just did school and it was just, it, it was fun. You know what I mean? It was doing whatever, um, tried to get back into it like this last summer, but obviously COVID. So it's a bit harder now, especially in the winter, because you can only have a certain amount of people um, in a certain area, especially now because it's indoors. So um, I guess for now, like I'm pretty much done playing. I'm happy with what I've done playing, but uh, yeah. yeah, man, we're just moving on now. This whole podcast thing, different things, so changing direction. <laughs> boy. And back to like the like, because you mentioned just now, like the the racism that you found like in the states and stuff like that. Did you find like a difference in the prejudice between playing in like the states versus playing in like Ontario or in Canada in general? Like if you were to travel outside the GTA. Yeah, yeah. So for us, it was weird because like, so when I was when I went to the States a lot, it was with two teams. It was one team, Moordale, which is in Toronto, and another team, FC Durham, which obviously is in Durham. Both of those teams were, like, like you said before, the GTA is very multicultural. Both those teams had white, black, Asian, brown, anything you could think of, right, on the team. When we would go to the States, now you're seeing teams that are all white teams or all black teams or all South American teams. So we're there and people are looking at us like, yo, what the hell is that? You know what I mean? Like, cause it's, it's weird for them to yeah. see different, a whole bunch of different cultures playing together. Right. And it, it would get to the yeah. point where, um, you know, you'd be playing games and obviously if you're playing a South American team, ref is South American, all the calls are going for them. You know what I mean? And it's just, or whatever the race was of the different team and the ref. So it was a little bit different playing in the States in the sense that a lot of the things wouldn't go your way just because you're from Canada or just because you're not american quote-unquote you know what i mean like the the standard american type of deal so playing in ontario was 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 cool going to the states was a complete culture shock because everything was completely different there you know but it, it's a good That's experience really nonetheless yeah 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 100 and back to the, like ontario and stuff like that and and playing in the gta i know that you played against one of rta's finest uh emil riga he he's from vaughn i'm pretty sure so he's from like a, a very strong like italian kind of neighborhood um what was it like playing against emil i heard that he said that he dusted you yeah, uh okay. in high school okay i honestly all didn't right, even all right know. that's good too. I he, hey listen <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. Pay, even... He said, "Do you guys play similar positions?" Because I want to know what position did you play and how did the matchups go. Mm -hmm. Okay, I honestly didn't even know me was talking crazy. I I didn't have the intention of talking crazy today, but we could get crazy if he wants to do that. Um, I'm gonna say this, Emil, if you're watching, you know you're my bro now. Back then, I honestly <laughs> didn't even recognize you, bro. I didn't realize you're even on the team. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think he played on the wing. He played on the wing, and um. 
I would alternate. So a lot of times I was playing a CDM, so center defensive mid, so like in the midfield. Every now and then I'd switch over and go, you know, as to right back or left back, center back. So, Emil, when you were when you were going against me, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like I said, I don't really remember you, but I don't remember no one really blowing by me. I don't remember no one really doing me nothing, you know. So uh, I'm sure he's he was good. I know he's good actually. You know, I know for a fact he's good just because I've seen the way he handles the ball, the way he thinks the game. Like we've talked about soccer before. He's a he's a. I know he was a good player. Um, I don't remember playing against him, but you know that's besides the point. Um, he played for a pretty decent team as well that I forgot the name for the life of me. I think it's like A and D or something like that. I actually thought he was playing on a different team before, which is which completely threw me off. So the whole time he was telling me that he recognized me, I thought he was playing for this team called Sigma, who's got like black and blue colors. So that's what team I thought I thought he was on. And then I tried talk to, talking to him about someone that was on Sigma and he didn't know what was going on because he told me he was on A and B. So I was like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a damn minute. I don't know what team you play on. But uh, yeah, no, nah, no. Nah. He did not dust me in soccer. Emil's a great player. I know that. He's awesome. He's a cool guy. My bro now. But back then, fam, you ain't have nothing on me. and never will. But we move. We move. <laughs> <laughs> on your team, were you like one of like, the stronger players? Like, were you like a focal point like uh, on your squad and stuff? Or I'd say, well, okay. Like, I'm a player, obviously. So it's like a player bias. But I, I genuinely think I, I was. I was more of a, um, I guess you could call it like a utility guy, so to speak. So even though my main position was a center defensive mid, I would alternate and go play anywhere in the back. Sometimes I'd go play on the wing, sometimes attacking mid, you know what I mean? It all depends. So I think every, cause I think every team pretty much has one guy like that. And those guys are very important just because they fill all the holes in your team, you know? And um, because of that, because yeah. me playing every position, I was able to start every game. You know, I didn't have to come off the bench or anything like that because I was always open to doing different things, you know? So I'd say I was, but like I said, man, I'm a player. So it was a player bias, all that kind of stuff. But yeah. I got you. And I did a, I did a little bit of research. I saw a video one time. I think, I can't remember who posted it. I'm going to say it was Jelani. Um, and it was you shooting a jumper, I think, at the rack. Uh, <laughs> and I wanted to question you about it because, dude, the form was just tough to watch. Uh, I don't think your feet were even set. It would think it was an air ball, too. Whoa, 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 I just no, no, need no. to know, like, if you were so skilled at soccer, how come, how come it didn't translate, bro? Like, what happened? Look, okay, I need to get two things straight. One, that went in. That was a swish. Nothing but net. Two, uh... I'm horrible at basketball. Like it's ridiculous. Like when we would when we would like be in school, like for high school or whatever, and people like picking teams or whatever, people would pick me with the first pick just because like I'm an athlete, like I'm athletic. Defensively in basketball, yeah. sure I got that. Offensively, yeah, I don't yeah. have nothing. Like I have no no repertoire, no move <laughs> that I can remember and put put together. You know, I'm a horrible basketball player. I'm just an athlete, but horrible basketball player. I'm not gonna lie. That shot went in though. I didn't right. score that whole day except for that one shot. And that's just the one that he caught on camera. He didn't, he didn't post the one that you made. I'm going to put that out right now. Like, I saw did the he video. Not? He did not make that shot. Ah, oh, Jelani. Didn't no, I don't think so. I'll have to go back and maybe look. Ah, oh, man. I think, I think he did you dirty. I, I'm not going to lie. I made so, the shot. Um, I my, made a my shot. Next question is, I, yeah, yeah. Sure, Scott. <laughs> sounds good, Doc. <laughs> so, like, your, your love for sports, man. Like, um, growing up in the GTA, playing lots of soccer. Um, how did that kind of translate uh, media-wise? Like, when did you find out that, like, sport media was something that you had a passion for? And why, like, when did you realize that, like, the program was right for you? Um, so the sports background, obviously, so that played a part. But then all, on top of that, I think when I was younger, like, as a kid, I was always, like, I guess, vocal and, like, outgoing. And um, so I, had, I, was, I was usually always pretty good with, like, you know, oral presentations or speaking to groups of people. 
and I was like, okay, I don't know what else to really do. I like sports, so sport media has that, and I, 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 I still have the the dream of you know being on TV, and so I was like, okay, I have no problem speaking in front of people. Let me just let me just do this, see what this is about, and then you know as you get more into the programs and and do the courses and stuff, it's like, okay, yeah, I think I could actually you know I could actually do this because going into it. I limit it was it was a bit different just because I didn't know what we were gonna learn. Like I know it says sport media, but what about the media? You know what I'm saying? Um, they mm-hmm. I think do a very good job at the program of kind of exposing us to everything. You know, you, you yeah you yeah. would learn how to be on TV or how to like act on TV. And two though, you actually learn all the things behind the scenes. You know, you learn how to how to call the show. You learn how to do audio. How to how to be a switcher and all that kind of stuff. So. It's really good. I love the like the way they teach us, and um, I think after like the first time we were in like that um you know the Sportsnet studio at the Mac after being in there yeah like, trying my first run like as like a talent quote supposed to be um after that I was like okay yeah I could I could do this I think I can make this my own so yeah it was good yeah I hear you and and I was listening to the podcast so like I'm gonna reference it so because like that was the homework <laughs> I did um you picked the first day for interviews to get into the program right so you were there I, th- I think it was a I want to say it was a Monday I can't I can't remember um but you went on the first day and I also did my interview on the first day so I was like wondering how we didn't run into each other but the thing was is that for me when I did my interview um I was checking like the because there was like a little like you had to go to Rams and then you had to go to like this little email list to get notifications from Ryerson which I didn't know you had to like set this whole thing to get like notifications from like Ryerson for the program which I had no idea about so once I had it I, I was checking it every single day to see like if I have gotten like an interview or not I got accepted for the interviews and then I was like waiting for them to post like when you could sign up I think it was on um uh, I think it was on like a bright space or something like that. Um, and I, I realized because I was going on a, a school trip in March. I was going on like a March break trip to go to Europe. And they posted the interviews. And I realized every single interview day I was going to be in Europe except for the first day. Oh, the first day was the day that I was leaving on the flight. So I realized that our, my flight was at noon. And the mm. first interview was at 8 a.m. So I was lucky because I was the first person to sign up for an interview. And the only reason I got on the program is because I checked that like page that day. If I didn't check the page, I wouldn't have gone on the program. Holy smokes, yo. That's yeah. nuts. That's so like cold. I did my interview. Uh-huh. Yeah, I did my interview at 8 a.m. My dad drove me back home. I like shower, I changed, and then I got back to the school. And then we all got on the bus and went to the airport. Like I went to Toronto, went back to Port Hope. Then like went to the school and then got on the bus, went back to Toronto and I was in Germany like that night. So Holy yeah, man, that was a crazy nuts. Monday for me. That's nuts. Yeah, no, yeah. I went the first day, not because of that, but just because I didn't yeah. want to, I don't know, I was kind of nervous about the whole thing and I didn't want to just keep waiting about it. So I was like, okay, let me just take the first spot that's available. And then when I got there, I, I forgot, I think I did. It was like an 8 a.m. thing, but we got there like at I don't know what time, like 6.30 or something. I remember just hanging around Eaton Center before it was even open just because I was there so early. And then um, I got to the actual, it was in the um, RCC. So you walk into the doors and I'm seeing everyone else and they're dressed up like in suits and stuff. And I was like, yo. Yeah. Because I was wearing like a, I was wearing like a dress shirt and just black jeans and like some blunt stones. Some of that. These guys are wearing like (laughs) the whole, the whole just the tie. I was like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, snap. Um, I don't know about this one. But, you know, I wasn't at that point, like when I was there, I don't think I was as nervous. Like when I was in the actual RCC waiting for the thing. Um, I don't remember who did my interview. I know a lot of people remember the, their interview person. I don't remember who it was, but I remember. You don't remember? Nah, 
I remember the guy talked more than me though. Like I was giving an answer and he would cut me <laughs> off to say his thing. And I was like, yeah. okay, <laughs> I guess so, man. Go ahead. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, yeah. That stuff was crazy. That stuff was crazy. Um, yeah, man. I remember like I pulled up and like, I, I wore an all black suit and, um, I remember there was only one person. I, Cause like when I got to like the, um, the RCC, there was kind of like a, like a couch you kind of sat on. It's like a bunch of seats and then you mm -hmm. waited outside and then you would go in and you would write this little like paragraph, like a page about yeah. a question they had. And then after that, you would do the interview. And before we went into the room, like I was just shooting it, the shit with a couple of guys, like outside the, uh, the waiting room. And I didn't remember um, anybody I did that with because no one got in the program that I like, <laughs> kind of did it with. But the only guy I remember that got in the program for like when I got done, I did my interview. I did mine with Nicole Forster. And then I came back down and I started like talking to this mom. And I was like, you know, shoot the shit with this mom for a bit. She's asking me like where I'm from and stuff. I'm like, she was like super sweet. And uh, and then Cole Stangwick walks over and he's like, hey mom. And I'm like, oh, what's up? Like, nice to meet you. So his mom introduced me and Cole. That's how I met Cole was through Cole's mom. Uh, which oh. I thought that was pretty funny. But yo, I killed that interview. I remember I remember uh, for the the written piece, I wrote about the Fab Five at Michigan, um, Michigan State. Do you remember like, the I question? I watched the documentary recently. I think. The, yeah, the question was like, what's your favorite, in recent memory, what's your favorite sports documentary? And like, write about, about like what, oh. what the sports document is about or whatever. Cause I and I did the. You did five, five. Yeah, the five, five for uh, Michigan State. I know I wrote about um, Friday Night Lights. You ever watch that movie? I forgot. I don't even know who yeah. the actors are in it, but I wrote about Friday Night Lights literally because I watched it like a couple days prior to, to going there. So I was like, okay, this is perfect. So I don't know. We don't even remember what I wrote about it, but I wrote something about Friday Night Lights. But um, yeah, man, is that is that all your questions? You, y'all know you guys know me enough. You know me enough now. You're good. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Sensational. All right. So as I said before, <laughs> gonna be moving into uh, basketball. Obviously, we mentioned before that you know our business group is called Giannis of Toronto 2021. Why? Because we believe Giannis was coming to Toronto in 2021. However, this morning I'm pretty I'm pretty sure it was this it was either this morning or late last night. He uh, announced, I think it was yeah. on Instagram, that um, he signed on the Supermax with the Bucks. So it was five years for $228 million, which is a lot. I'm pretty sure what? He's like the most expensive player, I think, in all time. Or not expensive player, yeah. but highest paid player of all time. So do you think, like, what do you yeah. think of that move? Do you think that's the right move for him? Or do you think he should have tried to get out of there? Uh, no, I, I feel like that's the right move. I think especially for the NBA, just keeping parity in the league, it's important to keep superstars in smaller markets. So I think it's a big deal that he re-signed with the Bucks. And I truly believe that Giannis is kind of like that... Um, Damian Lillard type that wants to like kind of keep that pride, that integrity in his like kind of NBA character arc, if you will. Yeah. And I think that like he definitely has a possibility, especially in the East. I don't know. The East is growing now in superstar power. It's like considering past years, now that LeBron's gone. Mm -hmm. um, I think they have a pretty good, they have a pretty decent chance at winning. The only problem the Bucks have, I think, is they just don't have that second solidified piece for scoring. I think Middleton kind of played a little bit of that role. Um, I liked Eric Bledsoe at point guard, um, but I, I don't know, man. Like, I, I really wanted Giannis to come to Toronto. I know that, um, I think it was John uh, Nardi or whatever, he was giving us grief, I think, on Twitter earlier, saying that we're all clowns for thinking that Giannis was gonna go to Toronto. I was gonna reply, but I just, I let that, I let that be. I let that be with zero likes. Shout out John, I love John. <laughs> yeah, no, but it was one of those ones where it was like, cause I forgot who it was. He wanted um, a guy on the Kings. Forgot his name for the life of me now. Buddy Hill? Nah, some shooter, white boy, number eight. I forgot his oh, name. Oh, uh, Bogdanovich or yeah. Boyan? Uh, yeah, uh, Boyan. yeah, yeah. Him. He wanted him on the Bucks, and usually, you know, as a um, as a star in the NBA, 
you get what you want. You know what I mean? The team, you say what you yeah. want. And then, you know, the, the higher ups, the, the people that are associated on the business side, do whatever they can to get what you want. So you stay, especially now, because this was his contract year. Obviously, they didn't get him. Um, they ended up signing Drew Holiday, which I think is still a good move. Drew Holiday, I think it was who Damian Lillard was saying that Drew Holiday was the best defender he's ever gone against. So that's mad props because that's Damian Lillard. Um, yeah. Drew Holiday is one of the better two-way guards. Um, the only thing is, the only problem that I have with that move is that he's getting up there in age. I think he's like, what, 31, 32, something like that. So I don't know how yeah, he's long. Been for a minute. Yeah, I don't know how long he's going to be able to last, you know, especially on a team like the Bucks, where, yeah, you have Giannis. Middleton's there half of the time, I would say. I, sometimes he, he plays and he, he performs like an all-star like he was last year. But other times it's kind of like he just looks like a regular role player, you know? So I think Drew Holiday is going to compete for that second scoring option for him and, and they'll probably flip between two and three. But I don't know. I, I, like this, I like the idea for him staying. I think you nailed it on the head with saying he's a sort of Damian Lillard type of player where he just wants to do it all with that franchise that he drafted or that drafted him. But... um. I don't know. I don't see. I don't see the Bucks winning this year just because no. of what's been going on in LA. Um, I guess both sides, but really the Lakers. I think the Lakers might repeat. Like, what do you think about that, bro? The offseason the Lakers just have is actually just crazy. And on top of it, too, like the their G League guy, uh, Horton Tucker or whatever, he's mm-hmm. nasty and he's yeah. he's our age, bro. He's younger than both of us, which like <laughs> devastates me because I can't even grow facial hair yet, and that guy's got like a groomed beard, like very well moisturized. Um, <laughs> But yeah, they also just have great pieces, you know, like Anthony Davis is a stud. We all know that. Like he's he's arguably um, just as capable as LeBron, I think, at this point in his career, carrying uh, a playoff uh, ready and championship ready team. Obviously, LeBron's going to do his thing. He hasn't slowed down at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Alex Caruso is a great uh, piece off the bench. Uh, they lost Rondo. They lost Dwight Howard, but that's that's OK. Like, I'm not yeah. too worried about that. Um, and on top of that, too, they, they retain Catavius Caldwell-Pope, who, in my opinion, is probably their best perimeter defender for as far as, like, their guards go. Yeah. So I, I see them repeating. They had a very, very strong offseason. I don't think Montrez Harrell is going to work out. I you don't, don't know so. why. I think his confidence is going to dip. I can't explain why, but I don't think he's going to have a good season. But I don't know. What's your take on the Lakers? Really? Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I, I thought it was going to work, you know, just – it shocked me seeing that that he was going to LA because obviously he's on the he's on the Clippers before and he was one of their better players. I think he was what like one of the six man of the year candidates um, last year. Yeah. So when I, I saw him, won it. oh, did he win it? Okay, yeah, maybe he won it. I'm huh? pretty sure he won it. Um, yeah, when I saw that he was going to the Lakers at that point, I was like, okay, yeah, they're repeating because that's that's a big piece to add, especially if he's actually going to come off your bench, which he's one of those guys like a Manu Ginobili or Lou Williams, where they're good enough, or if not better than a lot of the other starters on the team, they just come off the bench for whatever reason. Just He's a professional scorer. Yeah, yeah, for, <laughs> yeah one of those ones. And, yeah. Um, yeah, I saw that, so I was like, okay, that should work. But it's interesting you say that you don't think it'll work out just because of thing. And I mean, it might, it might turn out that it doesn't just because that is pressure going from, especially like the way he did it too, going from the Clippers to the Lakers in the sense that I don't think he told anybody because I know him and Pat Bev were really close but when it was announced Pat Bev was on Twitter and he was like yo what like he he didn't even tell Beverly so that's that's crazy so I don't know I, I heard things about how he wasn't he wasn't as tight with the other guys on the Clippers team like I know he was tight with Pat Bev with Lou Will but I think it was the whole like the Kawhi Leonard Paul George thing and the load management that kind of ticked him off um, but it would be interesting to see what he's doing 
over there. Um, I think like just taking a second to talk about how toxic the NBA can be, bro. Like, <laughs> I mean, like reading about Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, how they kind of treated that season with that core of Clippers player that were so gritty. Like, if you watch the Clippers like the year prior to, man, like that is one of the grittiest teams in the NBA. And then they lost a lot of that edge because you kind of had like the softer load management of Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. And then just watching the NBA preseason between the Lakers and the Clippers, like I really felt as though that Montrez Harrell like was really in his head playing against the Clippers. You could mm. kind of see that. Like he looked very hesitant. He didn't look like he like really want to give it to them. Which like if I was playing against my former team, I'd be hot. Like I'd be out there yeah. taking every shot every time I touch the ball. Mm. But I don't know, man. Like I just don't see Montrez Harrell having the type of season he had last year. I think he's gonna be a nice piece, but I just don't see him be like not the same um, impact being very very important yeah, yeah no i just don't see it happening but yeah it makes sense because when you that. make a move like that all eyes are on you essentially you know everyone's looking at him to see okay what are you really about now you know so that'll be interesting other thing mm-hmm. obviously both of us i guess we associate with the toronto raptors you know that's that's the hometown team that's our team yeah that's the team yeah yeah um what do you think about the raptors this year obviously you know we lost ibaka we lost marcus Saul. we picked up malachi flynn who's a late round pick He's looking pretty good. Um, I like to say, we're, I don't think you or me are the delusional Raptors fans. Like, I don't think we're going to win a ring or anything. No. Like that. But um, no. I think we'll still be one of those teams where it's a it's a hard out. You know what I mean? So if we even, I think we'll, we'll probably finish maybe fifth, sixth in the playoffs, maybe fourth. Yeah. I don't know. I, but yeah. I think even if we're, we're me, one of those, go, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, bro. Finish with that. I'll get in there. <laughs> I think, um, I think even if we are a lower seed in the playoffs, even if we might not make it all the way to the finals, I think we're going to be real hard out for certain teams to play against. You know what I mean? Like a series that'll go seven games, a series that'll really exhaust you guys before you make it to the next round. You know what I mean? Um, but that's just my take. What do you think? I think in the NBA, like out of all the franchises, I think the Raptors are the most bought in team to their coach. Like, I think they have the most trust in each other and their coach, which is like really admirable to watch. I think you kind of see that in the team chemistry, like every single year, even with like Ibaka and Marcus Saul. When they left, both of them, like both said, like, you know, like the, I really enjoyed playing for the franchise. Like, Serge Ibaka said that like the Clippers were a second choice, but like that he got underballed by the Raptors. And Marcus Saul admitted that he wasn't the right piece for what they needed moving forward. So I think everyone's very conscious of like what the Raptors are and what they need moving forward. I think more than anything, what's so impressive about the Raptors year after year is their development. Like we have guys like Pascal Siakam come from and Prev Van Vliet together come from the G League, move up to the Raptors and get big contracts, like almost max deals. I'm pretty sure they both got max deals. Mm -hmm. Uh, Chris Boucher, I think is going to be a huge piece moving forward. OG Nanobe, he's, dude, he's going to be a stud this year. I'm not going to lie to you. Like I think he's going to be the next step we've been waiting for him to make. And Malachi Flynn, bro, he looks really nice in the preseason. I just don't know how much minutes he's going to get underneath Fred Van Vliet and Kyle Lowry. I think Kyle Lowry might do like a little more load management this season. So you might see uh, Flynn get like a couple more minutes. But dude, the nice thing about Flynn and what the Raptors do when they pick, they don't pick the bigger names. They kind of just pick really poised and ready to work players, Mm -hmm. which is what you kind of see year after year. So I'm I'm excited, man. I think we're going to have a really, really solid core this year. I I think we're going to be a playoff team. I don't see us not being a playoff team. Um, I think a six seed is undermining our potential. That's kind of depends on our injury status. And even last year with injury, bro, we were still what? We were a third seed. Yeah. So we just don't have the superstar power that other teams do. But I feel like we're being underestimated as far as like the skill of Pascal Siakam, 
mm-hmm. um, and Fred VanVleet and Kyle Lowry. So I don't know, yeah. man. What do you, what think, do you think about where we'll uh, like stack up against the superstars at least? Because the Brooklyn Nets are gonna be nasty. Yeah, Kyrie's my guy, and you know that. Yeah, I don't like Kyrie, but we can get into that another time. Bro, bro. <laughs> I do not. Li- you know, you let's get into it now. You know, sometimes. we'll get into it now. It doesn't right. matter. I'm not a fan. Fine. Okay, I'll say this. In a one-on-one situation, and I need a bucket at the end of the game, sure, I'll go with Kyrie. But as a player for the first this 48 minutes in a basketball game, for the first 40 minutes of the basketball game, I do not like Kyrie Irving just because I think he disrupts he disrupts the play style. For example, when you look at uh, Boston Celtics before he went to Boston, they were one of those teams where sort of in a way similar to us where it was – it was a team where there wasn't any bonafide superstars. Obviously, Jason Tatum wasn't what he is now, and Jalen Brown isn't what he is now. But they were a squad. They knew what their roles were. They moved the ball, and you know, it was it was the open man gets a shot. It wasn't Jason Tatum just because he's the best player always gets a shoot. Kyrie goes there, and it turns into, yeah, okay, Kyrie's here. Doesn't matter if he's double teams right now. He's shooting the ball, and I didn't I didn't like that. I know it works sometimes for Kyrie Irving, but it's just not the style of play that I like. Same thing with Brooklyn. I think Brooklyn were with D'Angelo Russell, who was, I think, turning into a star at that time. Um, they were playing very well as a unit, as a whole squad. It wasn't even just the starting lineup. It was the first and second unit, you know, playing together and well. And then again, Kyrie goes there and obviously didn't have as good of a season last year uh, or the year before that. And he got hurt, all that kind of stuff. But it'll be interesting now because they have Kevin Durant. So it'll be interesting to see how Kyrie copes with um, with having another superstar like Kevin Durant. I, I'd say Kevin Durant is the second best player that he would have played with beside LeBron James, which I don't like how Kyrie was coming at my man. Kyrie would not like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like Kyrie I Kyrie would have meant that. Yeah. I don't, I don't like Listen, that, but I'll, I'll be self-aware because mm-hmm. Kyrie's my favorite basketball player of all time. I fell in love with him. I do, but um, he's very, he does stagnate the office. He's very much so a one, one street ball player. It's very mm-hmm. much so like his isolation game very much though. Like, so slows down the game of basketball, especially playing them five on five. Mm-hmm. And it can be very discouraging for his teammates watching that happen and having to get your ass back on defense mm-hmm. and then, you know, hustle on defense for this guy that's probably about to take a turnaround, uh, you know, double team jumper that's going to bank off the top of the window and somehow go in, right? Yeah. But I, I get what you're saying. And on top of that, too, like, I think what's special about Kyrie and, like, he's, he's very important for the game in the sense that if you watched how the 2016 Cavs beat the Warriors, because the Warriors at that time were changing the, the, like, the game of basketball in the NBA. Like, it's very three-point oriented, positionless basketball. And the way that they played the game, I remember I used to compare it a lot to the 2016 Carolina Panthers with Cam Newton because they would get up on you so quickly with three-pointers and big shots that you would have to play their style of basketball to keep up with them, but no one could play their style of basketball. Mm -hmm. So that you'd get caught behind, you'd be making mistakes, that sort of thing. What I thought was interesting about Kyrie is that no matter, uh, in that 2016 finals with LeBron, no matter how many big runs that they took the Warriors, uh, Kyrie never changed their philosophy of basketball. It was the kind of like the king and the prince kind of like idea mm-hmm. of they would slow down the offense. They would find like their matchup that they're looking for, and then they would go to work. I think that slowed the Warriors down from getting those fast break uh, opportunities for three-pointers and that sort of thing. So I think his game does kind of work, but he doesn't channel it in a way that's healthy for the rest of the, the team. Yeah. So yeah, I, I get that. I think when coached properly and when he has good chemistry with teammates, Kyrie can be probably the best point guard in the NBA. I think he's the best artist on the basketball floor. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, he's better point guards than Kyrie. I, I will admit that. Damian Lillard, Steph Curry, list mm-hmm. goes on. 
Um, but I think that he has the potential. I just think that he's two in his head. Like, I think he thinks yeah. that he's the best I basketball think, player there's ever to walk through. I think you said it perfectly. So I think Kyrie's problem, in my opinion, is more, I guess, to also to what you were alluding to, is his mentality. I think he has all of the tools. Like you said, like, I think he's the, I think he has the best handles in all of NBA in history. Uh, just yeah. in the sense that history. Yeah, some of the stuff this guy does, it's like you said, it's street ball. It's not even just, like, I know some people say, you know, Allen Iverson, Tim Hardaway, and it's like, yeah, those guys have good basketball handles, you know, with the crossovers and stuff, but Kyrie's doing stuff yeah. that you see at Rucker Park, you know what I mean, that you see in charity mm -hmm. matches to get crowds entertained, and he's doing that in NBA games in the 2016 finals, you know, he's doing that. So I think he's a really good player. I think he can be a player on, on a championship winning team. Obviously, he's done it already. I think he can still do that. Like, maybe we'll see with Kevin Durant. But I think it's just, like you said, his mentality um, in terms of, I think he little, he thinks too big of himself, which is a good problem to have as a player. Obviously, if I was a player, you'd want you'd want your player to be more confident than less confident. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I think he's got a good problem right now, if that makes any kind of sense, as weird as that sounds. But um, yeah. I think it'll be interesting seeing what they're like with Kevin Durant now because he has another superstar. So, no doubt, the focal point of the offense is going to be running through those two guys. Um, I've also seen stuff about how, actually, I think those a little, those died down now. Uh, James Harden going over to the Brooklyn Nets. What did you think about hearing those rumors? I, like, listen, bro, like, this, this is the tough thing is that um, Kyrie and Kevin Durant teaming up is kind of interesting because they're, like, in my opinion, the two most insecure professional athletes I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and then if you add James Harden to that mix, I just don't see that being a healthy situation for anybody. There's like three guys that need the ball in their hands at all times and love to take six dribbles before taking a shot. So like no one wants to watch the tub of basketball. And I just don't think that Kem Durant or Kyrie really want James Harden ruining their, their Brooklyn vibe, their New York mm -hmm. vibe, if you will. And yeah. I feel like Brooklyn outside of Kem Durant and Kyrie actually have like a really nice um, like kind of back, like like team, like along around them. Like Karis Bird's really strong. I like Spencer Dinwiddie. Mm. Um, I think it's uh, who's the the center with the fro? Oh Frozen. no, not Dinwiddie. Um, Jared Allen. Jared Allen. Yeah, I think he's a in DeAndre Jordan too. Like they have mm. they have a really solid team around them. I just don't see. I don't think it's smart for them to give up those pieces to get a James Harden. I just don't think that's going to work out how they want it to, which is very similar to like James, uh, James Harden going to Miami. I don't think Miami should give up Tyler Hero. I think their chemistry is too strong to disrupt that. Mm -hmm. I think James Harden's probably just going to play the rest of the season in Houston and he's going to have to suck it up. He's he's yeah. never been told no before. Yeah. So, he's know. never I think James Harden has a similar type of problem um with Kyrie Irving where it's just it's a little bit different in the sense that on the Rockets, you know, the Rockets are basically like, yeah, here, James Harden, you have the first 14 seconds of the shot clock. You want to shoot, shoot, whatever you want to do, do it first 14 seconds. And like for a long time, I guess a little, it slowed down a little bit last year with Russell Westbrook. But before that, it was, the offense was James Harden. All of the points that they generated was all through James Harden. Um, if he were to go to a team like Brooklyn, it would have been completely different for him now because he's going from a team where, okay, I'm taking the game winning shot all the time, rain, snow, or sleet. Um, but now if I go to Brooklyn, I might get maybe one out of every three game winning shots because there's other there's two other cold killers on this team you know which i don't think Kyrie gets enough credit yeah. for i think he's very clutch um in in crunch time all kind of stuff so i love him in crunch time but otherwise yeah, yeah that's that's my little bit on, on Kyrie. we kind of touched on james harden a little bit as well um and then just real quick before we get into some other things have you been watching uh lamello ball recently in preseason with charlotte hornets 
right, bro. I'll listen. I'll tell you right now. I've watched Lamel Ball like his whole life. I love his story, like <laughs> the ball story in general. Like I've always followed it. Me and my buddies back in like high school and stuff, we'd always watch their like high school highlights in class and stuff. So I followed Lamel Ball his whole life. Um, I, he's such a creative player. I think that he has a lot of skill and he's a very free thinker on the court, which I like. Defensively, he's trash. Um, <laughs> I think he has a lot of athletic like potential. Mm -hmm. um, so like he could improve in that area. I just think Lonzo coming out of the gate was just more refined. And I think kind of playing college ball helps refine those skills and working mm -hmm. in a, a more integrated system. And LaBella Ball hasn't really had that yet. Um, and I think he's gonna have to find his rhythm offensively because they have him playing point guard right off the hop and i think that he needs to learn how to play off ball first before learning to play on ball in the nba yeah. um i just don't see charlotte being a very strong team this year uh, i know a lot of people saying that gordon hayward's gonna be like the leader on that team he won't be he's not that good at basketball it took gordon hayward seven years to do what donovan mitchell did in one year in uh, utah i don't want to hear that <laughs> For all the people out there, I think Gordon Hayward's good at basketball. He's not. Uh, I think Malik Monk has uh, had a lot of potential coming out, too. So mm -hmm. um, I think, like, they have the right kind of pieces. If they're going to put them together, I have no idea. I really like Miles Bridges. I think he's the type of player like like um, Zion Williamson for Lonzo, whereas LaMelo's going to have that Miles Bridges. He can throw those pick-and-roll passes, too. Yeah. And that's going to help keep the offense very fluid. So I think that what I've seen so far from him is that he's improved the base on his jumper. He gets his feet more spread apart. Cause I remember in high school, like his feet like this, yeah. now they're like this. So that means he has a better base. He's improving his jump shot. Um, but as far as like those little floaters in the lane and stuff like that, which he was trying in preseason, he just looked too hesitant. It just didn't look like yeah. he like was confident taking those shots. What are your thoughts on Lamella, bro? Honestly, I think, cause I, I didn't follow him as closely before the NBA. Obviously I knew about him. I'd watch his game, his game highlights every now and then when he was on Chino Hills and you know, he would go to, I don't know where they went. Where did they go? To, Lavia, Lithuania, yeah. Lithuania, yeah. Lithuania. So I, you know, I saw some of the stuff there, but I think where Lamelo became the Lamelo we know now, I think that happened at Spire when he went back to high school. I forgot what yeah. the coach's name is, but when he was at Spire, yeah, they had other guys like Rocket Watts there. They had a, I forgot, they have a big man, I think Isaiah Johnson or something like that, and then um, mm -hmm. this other guy, Myron Williams. So they had a good squad, but Lamelo there, I think, is where he learned how to play with other guys and actually like. I think that's where he became the playmaker that we see now, you know, throwing no look dimes, all that kind of stuff and, and understanding, okay, I have a lot of attention on me. I can draw two or three defenders this way and that's going to free up my man over here for a three. You know what I mean? Thinking more selflessly. Yeah. Um, so from what I saw from him playing against Toronto, uh, these last two games, obviously, I think like you said, he's a little bit hesitant, you know, with floaters, you know, the jump shots. I think he's still finding his rhythm. Uh, I said this before, I think on, um, I think I actually think I said it on the Northside Talks podcast, but um, I think the rookies this year is going to be tough for them because there hasn't been a lot of time for them to adjust to the NBA. You know, it's a much shorter off season now. The season's starting again, like what, in the 22nd or the 25th? So they 22nd. don't have a, yeah, yeah, 22nd. So they're not going to have a lot of time to adjust to the NBA style of play. You know, it's bigger, stronger, faster at this point, and also smarter, more technical. Um, I think intelligence, though, LaMelo Ball has it. I think he can think the game. You know, you don't throw no-look dimes without knowing how people are going to react um, beforehand. So yeah, I think he's going to be a candidate for Rookie of the Year. I haven't seen too much of the other top picks, but, you know, I think he will be a good player um, for his career. 
and maybe you know who knows maybe even better than Lonzo which I don't know what Lonzo's saying yeah, right now I, he hasn't touched his potential yet but we'll see how that's no nah, he hasn't but I think the one thing that Lamelo has that like Lonzo doesn't is that like that kind of like killer offensive instinct that he mm-hmm. looks to score first and then once he looks to score the passing lanes open and then he's beautiful at hitting those passing lanes mm-hmm. whereas Lonzo's a pass first guy and but he still has that that defensive potential on lock already, Lonzo. So mm-hmm. I think what we just want to see from Lonzo is just him be like a little more aggressive, uh, precise at finding his spots offensively to be aggressive. Like you don't have to be yeah. aggressive all the time, but just like know your spots. I know that Lonzo has never been a great mid range shooter, so like I don't know why he's taking pull up mid ranges. Like don't do that, bro. <laughs> You're not good at it. We love you, but don't yeah, do that. But don't do it. Yeah, no, nah, it'll be interesting with, it. with all the Ball Brothers, really. I mean, I know the Angelo Ball got released by the Pistons after, like, what, like a week of they signed him. But, you know. Bro, we all know what that's about. Come on. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, hopefully yeah. hopefully he can get into the league at some point And it'd just be really cool, you know, to have all three of them in the league. And hopefully all of them playing, you know, against each other, with each other. We'll see how that stuff goes. But um, that's pretty much the yeah. basketball stuff. Um, This is basically... This is what me and Ethan talked about. We were about. talking about this. This is in the making. We've been talking about this for a minute. <laughs> yeah. Me and Ethan. So back You're my I, favorite Twitter user at this point. <laughs> back when um, back when I was starting to talk about this podcast and even do it, Ethan and me were talking about this kind of stuff. And um, as he's talking on Twitter, you know, obviously, if you, if you guys have Twitter, you know, Twitter's a crazy place, man. Twitter, a lot of stuff goes on and it's kind of just things just pop up on your feed, which I think is what happens with Ethan, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and my account. Um <laughs> No, people talk crazy. It's not necessarily me. I just entertain it sometimes, but I don't instigate nothing. Um, yeah, man. Bro, you're an enabler. That's what you are. <laughs> people just talk crazy on Twitter, all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, I think it's all about, you know, how to pull, you know, how to pull girls, all that kind of stuff. It's all about your actions off the court. You know what I mean? It's all about what you do when they're yeah. not watching, you know, because because I don't know about you guys, but off the court, you know, I'm him. I'm still him. You know, I'm, I'm like that. Um, <laughs> but nah, I'm just talking nonsense. Just talking nonsense. Oh, disclaimer. Actually, while we're talking about this, if anyone's looking at at this right now, um, and gets offended by what we're saying on this, it's literally just comedy. Okay, it's just comedic purposes. It's not serious things. It's yeah, like, yeah. It's just it's just us talking nonsense. If you and, have Twitter, you know it's for your inner comedian. That's what. Yeah, it's for. yeah. That's literally what it is. So like, you'll see a whole yeah. like me. Like I'll tweet like random stuff sometimes. Just you know all that kind of stuff. But. I know. A well, I knew you were the man when you got that follow back from that one girl. I saw. I like. I had to check out that eighty. I knew oh, that you yeah. were nice. That's when I figured it out. That's so like I have to give context. So there's. A, I don't even. You know, for the life of me, I don't remember. How, I don't know how to say her actual at. I'm not gonna add her because you know that's that's mine. That's that's my girl now. But anyways, no. There's Ooh. one girl that that um. I don't even know how I saw her on Twitter, but I was like, whoa, okay, she's very interesting, all that kind of stuff. So it took me. Took me a while. I think it took me. Not now. I'm not gonna lie. I was slow with it, but you know, slow and steady wins the race. Sometimes it took me like a month or two. Um, I got into DMs every now and then. You know, we talked in the DMs every now and then. And um, if you haven't listened to my tips on how to get into DMs, I think that was like episode two or something like that, part one, something like that. Um, I had to get on the DMs, and then I don't remember what happened, but I just, I, I just, I got fed up, and I was like, so can I get a follow back now? And then you know. One thing led to another and it happened, you know, I got the little notification, screenshot it, posted it everywhere because I was amped. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, that was me. I, was, I guess. Bro, you were simping. What are you talking about? You were pulling work in, bro. That was you, not that, in... you said you're my new wallpaper. <laughs> okay. You don't got to air me out like that. Um, anyways, it wasn't, I don't think it was in <laughs> September either. I think I waited until November, you know, no uh, seem September, you know, but um, yeah. So I know a couple weeks ago. <laughs> I think it, yeah, a couple weeks ago, I was asking, you know, for topics to talk about on the podcast. 
And um, Ethan, obviously, he's a very active listener, you know, active follower. So he answered. He asked one question. I didn't talk about it on the podcast because I wanted to talk about it with him. And uh, again, mm. to be careful, you know, you got a girlfriend. I don't know if she's going to be listening to this, but, you know, just in case, you know, you never know who's listening. I may I may not send a link. I might have to. <laughs> that's how this goes. <laughs> no, no. So he asked the question, you know, do men or women cheat more? I honestly, like my take on that, I honestly think it's kind of 50-50. I think guys are dumber when they cheat. I think girls are a lot smarter with it. Like they know to, you know, separate the secret life of cheating with like the actual relationship. I think guys are just dumb. And they'll like, when they're with their girlfriend, they'll be talking to the other one. Like guys are dumb like that. Um, but I don't, I don't want to say one cheats more than the other. I think it's just girls are a lot smarter with it and don't get caught as often, you know? Yeah, uh, you're 100% correct. I think that was my take on it. I think I think just as a as a unit, um, mm-hmm. men are just really bad at lying. Like, we're actually so <laughs> bad. Like, we have no skills. We have no way of really hiding anything. Whereas, like, girls are, like, really adept at it. Like, bro, like, the way that they're able to scheme and manipulate is actually <laughs> insane, bro. Like, they've been training for years, bro. I swear yeah. to God. So, yeah, I would say it's, pro- it's probably 50-50. Um, but the thing is that we, as, as men, we'll never know for sure. Cause we don't know if they're lying or not. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, in my opinion, it's probably 50, 50. Um, I don't, I don't condone cheating. I think cheating is bad. I, uh, I don't yeah, cheat. No. We don't um, cheat. Men don't cheat. But, uh, no, men, <laughs> men, men don't cheat. I've never men heard, never heard of that. But, uh, yeah. When's the last time you had a girl, bro? That's the real question. Dude, high school. I'm not even involved with, with, with the whole relationship stuff. I had a girlfriend. You had a lot of relationship in high school? Yeah, it was actually like, you know, I don't know if you had this at your school, but like in our school, like there's always like the couple of that grade or whatever. I was the couple with the other girl um, at that time. And then when me and her broke off, it was Jelani now and, and his his girlfriend. But um, yeah, no, that yeah. was that was the yeah. thing in high school from like, I guess, grade 10 to grade 12. And then after that, I... um. I don't know. I haven't really been interested in relationships. I've kind of just been, been rocking solo dolo ever since. Yeah, bro. Like you understand, it's not your girl. It's just your turn. Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> but, um, I'm just my dog. Yeah, no, no. See, this is what I'm talking about. This is what I'm talking about. Guys, do not take that seriously. It's just, you know, it's comedic purposes, man. But um, yeah, yeah. You, you actually said something in that answer before that I actually wanted to touch on. You said girls are more manipulative. And I didn't realize this, but again, me talking shit. I was looking on Twitter the other day and there was this, there was a video, it was a TikTok video. I don't have TikTok, but you know, I saw it on Twitter. And there was this girl hanging out with her boyfriend, her boyfriend's watching like the Packers game or something like that. So football. And you know, she, you know how girls do that thing where they, where they speak in that voice. That's kind of like, you know, the, the cute voice, the, the one to get whatever they want. So she asked her boyfriend. They want attention? Yeah. Yeah. Like apparently, apparently they watch, they, so they watch Packers football like every week. That's just the thing. And then one week, you know, she um, she goes over to him. She's like, babe, can you watch something else? You know, I don't really want to watch this. And that real sad voice, you know? And then um, the guy actually starts changing the channel. And I was like, okay, whatever. But then this is where it got me. The girl after was saying, no, 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 don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. You know, just watch the thing. And I was like, yeah, she hooked him. She has him. They, they think, bro, they're, they're so smart. They're such, they're like, girls are the smartest, like, I don't want to say creatures, but smartest people on planet earth just how the way they think different things up because now okay she didn't let him switch the channel this one time but he's gonna remember that in his head that okay wait i made my girlfriend feel bad because i was watching football so now what do you think is gonna happen next week next week she's gonna ask you for a birkin bag yo and what you're gonna have to do it because you can't have two strikes <laughs> you know what i'm saying you're gonna have to do it now yeah. <laughs> 
girls are so so smart i respect them so much but they're scary you know what i mean you gotta always stay on the good oh side God. have to stay on the good side because yeah. if you're on a girl's bad side that's I don't know, man. That's that's some scary stuff that can mess you up financially, spiritually, yeah. all that kind of stuff. But they live rent free, bro. They live rent free. Speaking rent- of expenses, though, man, like I was gonna ask you because, like, this is like I'm not a relationship guy. Like, this is like I think the only like the second girlfriend I've ever had in my life. So like, I don't. I never even had a girlfriend in high school. I didn't do that. I I was too short to begin with. Like, I, like you saw pictures of me when I was 16. Like that was yeah. it was tough for me, bro. I was like my my driver's license to this day says I'm five four. So like I was, bro. God came down and he was like puberty in grade 12 yeah. so like that's when it started working. work blessed out, he blessed i just didn't have time for that. the globe yeah, has he been did. sensational um, <laughs> <laughs> but for me man what i what i find is like i don't know that you found this too but like i feel like relationships are very expensive for me like it's not always like a full-time job as far as like giving attention and stuff like that but bro like she's making my pockets hurt like and it's, <laughs> it's like especially this is a tough time for us in general like it's christmas like sure. i want to be generous and like i want to show i care and stuff like that but man what do you think like did, were you uh were you hurting in the pockets in high school? Is that why you had to get that that retail job? <laughs> no, no, no. When I was younger, it was it was different because obviously you're kids. So yeah, I drove, but it wasn't my car. It was like my dad's car. You know what I'm saying? So like I didn't have to worry about other like expenses necessarily in terms of okay, you got to pay the gas, the all these other things. Um, and I don't think I honestly can't remember. Obviously, you know, we spent some money, but it's you gotta. This is what I've learned from like from more so from experience not like like seeing other people do it you have to um you have to budget your gifts depending on like what the event is for so if it's your six months don't don't get her a ring don't get her a watch don't get her like a necklace like something that's gonna cost that much money because what for one year you're gonna have to do something that caught oh you did it didn't you oh no i did it i did it i did it no 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 no, no, no. i didn't i didn't <laughs> I didn't, but get? like, if I send a link, she's going to watch this and she's going to want some. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let me just, let me wrap this up. So we don't, so I don't talk too much about that. But all I'm saying is <laughs> your first, or like, you can't get one gift that's worth like, for example, hundred dollars. And then the next gift is worth $50. Cause then it's just like, you know what I'm saying? Like, what is that? You know, you, you it, it's almost as if, as if she's going to take it as, or maybe she'll take it as like, you don't care as much or you're not all that kind of stuff. But I guess that kind of brings it to the other thing is like, to the other topic I want to talk about is is money like important in a relationship do you think or is it just like one of those things where if you have it you have it that's a really good question like I've felt my whole life um because like I've worked my entire life like my parents told me when I was like 10 that if I want to go to university I'd have to pay for it so I got a job when I was like 11 so I've been working my entire life um and like I the more money I had the more I hated it and I never really liked having money. It never made me happy. It never brought security or joy for me. So like, for me, like it never really gave me any sort of like kind of purpose, if you will. Like I'm, I'm very much so on like the left side of financial um, like perspectives, if you will. Like I think like sharing the wealth and taxing the riches is my go-to. Like I don't necessarily have a dream job because I don't dream about working. So like in, in a relationship speaking, like money doesn't really mean a whole lot to me. I like to be generous though. Like if we're going to Tim's, like I want to cover uh, the cost. Like if we go for drinks, like I want to buy you one, like that mm-hmm. type of thing. Like I want to show that like, you know, like I care. It's not like me like trying to like do the most and like show how much I have to give. It's just more or less like i just like to to put others on to to what i like to enjoy if you will how about you man you kind of i think it's interesting you said that because it's like i guess if you're in a relationship or just with friends in general not even just girlfriends just your any of your friends you gotta reciprocate the energy you know what i'm saying you gotta reciprocate what they're doing so 
like for me, obviously, like I said, I haven't been in no relationship since high school, but I've talked to other girls and you know, one girl, obviously not going to say the name, but one girl, she was aw- She was awesome. Really nice. But we would, whenever we'd go out, it was, I was always paying for the stuff. And you know how that's always a thing. Like guys should pay for the dates. And it's just like, I have no problem paying for, you know, one, two dates, but eventually you got to pay as well. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I'm not, cause it's like, it almost makes you think like, okay, am I just here so you can eat for free? You know what I'm saying? Is that what, what we're doing? Um, obviously that's me just thinking too much, but I, I think it's important that if you have like any type of friendship. So like me with one of my friends, like I'll pay for, if we go out, for example, I'll be paying for the movie tickets. She's paying for the food or the snacks, you know what I'm saying? And it's, it's also, it's not necessarily like, okay, yeah. I pay for this, you pay for that. But it's just like, okay, yo, I thought of the last, like the last three things we did. It was my idea all three times. I'm going to pay for it all three times. You know what I'm saying? Cause it's, I didn't ask you to, to come do whatever this, this is and that. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So you cover the cost. I don't think. Yeah. I like that principle. Yeah. I don't like the whole, like, oh, guys always have to pay for the first meal and all kind of stuff. And it's just like, I don't mind doing it, but I don't want to feel obligated to doing it. Cause it's just like, what, when the hell are you going to pay for something then? You know what I'm saying? I don't know. That's just my yeah. perspective, though. Um, and, and like, then, I've never been, like, a type of person, like, had, like, a lot, like, handed to me in life. So, like, mm-hmm. um, it says, like, a lot about a person's character when they're so comfortable with that. Like, it, or it bothers me when someone's so comfortable with, like, someone constantly giving to them and they don't give anything back, which yeah. is, like, a big thing for me, which is, like, why I think it's important that, like, it's never about the it being even, where it's, like, more of the principle that, like, hey, I got this one, or, like, I'm going to get the next one or something like that. Or, like, yeah, that's sort of exactly. It's not tip for tap, but the same idea It's the idea of, like, let's cover each other, like, we care equally. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, just as long as it's not this person's always paying for you or, or you're not always paying for them because at that point, it's just, I don't know. It's not it's it's not fair at all, especially like at that point. Okay, then then my pockets were hurting at that point because it was like, okay, I want to hang out with you, but, you know, these $50 dinners are hurting me right now. You know what I mean? I only work so many times a week. <laughs> and it's like where you, let's say you go on a, on a, on a $30 date and the next day you have work, and you're counting, okay, first hour I made up for, I made up for my bill. Second hour, okay, I made up for her bill, we're good now. Like, it's one of those ones. Yeah, like, I, <laughs> I used to think like that, and I was like, okay, we can't keep doing this. Um, no. Yeah, <laughs> that kind of stuff. So, I guess it was one of the things you want to talk about. Like, who do you, in that regard, who do you think is more expensive in a relationship? Oh, girls, 100%. Are you kidding me, dog? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> me and you both know this. Bro, like, for me, like, in my life in general, in my life in general, like, as far as, like, I've been in three relationships, two of them are girlfriends, if you want to the terms thing or whatever like mm-hmm. labels and stuff i don't really care um but it's always kind of been like 75 25 in my opinion just because mm-hmm. like i'm overly generous and that type of thing and like sometimes i won't let them pay because like i offered so like when i offer it's my idea i want to pay i don't want you to cover it so mm-hmm. like it's more of like me making a sense of that if you do want to pay for something and you want to show me you care like bring up the idea like it's not always going to be me you know coming up with the idea like oh like we're gonna go check out the christmas lights and i'm gonna get us some like some starbucks or something like that you know like yeah, i yeah. want to see not only you paying for it but if you do want to pay for it, i want to see you come up with the idea mm-hmm. but uh, yeah for me i definitely like my pockets have hurt much more over time yeah so. i mean like i guess for you like you were saying like for for gifts for example it's tough like at least for me like as a guy I don't know if any guys are good at this. I'm horrible at shopping for gifts. So like for Christmas, for example, I don't usually get anyone gifts unless they're getting me something. And that's not not because I'm an asshole. It's just because like, I don't know what you want. I don't want to get you something that you're not going to like. You know what I'm saying? So one of my friends, she's getting me something for Christmas. I'm not going to say what I got. I'm looking at it right now. I'm not going to say what I got, but it's just like, (laughs) is she going to like that? But (laughs) at the same time, I was like, I don't know what the hell else you would want me to get you for Christmas. I mean, it's at the point where it's like, 
we're adults now, so it's like I can't just get you, you know, some kitty shit. Like I'm not, you know what I mean? I don't like to think of it as like a gift, you know? It's more of like an obligation now for me to get you something. Which is mm-hmm. like, I, come on, dog. Yeah. Like, like don't give me a gift, because then like now it's an obligation. Now I gotta reciprocate, because I'm that yeah. type of person. So like, and for me too, like I just straight up like asked my girl like, what do you want for Christmas? And she just sent me the link, and I was like, all right, cool. Let me bust out the Mastercard. <laughs> oh, man. Get it done. <laughs> okay, so see, now but like I just, that way I know I'm getting her something that she wants. Yeah. You know? yeah. So me, oh, okay. See, now that you said that, now that you said that, and it made it, it and, and it warms my heart because it shows me that 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 it's still alive. Okay, this girl that I bought this thing for, she might be watching this podcast. I don't know. She for the last <laughs> couple months or whatever has been asking me for a certain thing. I'm not gonna say what it was, but for a certain thing. Um, and then like a couple weeks went by and she didn't say nothing about it no more. So I was like, okay, whatever. And then I ended up seeing it. And I sent her a picture of it. And I was like, yo, do you want this? And she's like, I do, but not anymore because you asked me. And I was like, oh, what do you mean? I don't want it. You don't want it no more because I asked you. Oh, my God. That stuff, I was like, bro, <laughs> I can't be. I mean, to be fair, like, she's just talking like shit. Obviously, like, if I got it, she wouldn't be, like, pissed. But, you know, this was one of those yeah. things where I was like, bro, you just made my life so much harder. Because what do you mean you don't want it no more? You just said you want it. You know, that kind of stuff. It's the mind games, bro. I can't it do it. It is. It's the it's mind much. games. It's just, I'm not intellectual enough to have to deal with, with to, to be no. arguing mentally. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it doesn't make sense for me. But um, Keep it simple for me. Like, if yeah. you know men are trash and that we're stupid, then give us the space to do that. Like, I don't... <laughs> bro, because it's like, and, and you just kind of spoke about it, about how, like, you know, paying for, for different things. Like, yeah, okay, you also want to see them thinking of ideas and and you know putting money towards that to show like it's a two-way street um yeah i think that's very important like because for me i'm probably outing myself right now but i pretty much have like it's like i don't even know what the hell i call it but like a three strike rule essentially right if i asked you to hang out all three times and you're never available at that point i'm not asking you to hang out no more it's not that we can't hang out it's not that we're not friends it's just I'm not going to waste my time, you know, trying to get you to hang out when you're never available. At that point, if we hang out, the next time we hang out, it's just going to be because you want to hang out. You know what I'm saying? And then I'd assume because if someone wants to hang out with you, they're not going to flop. You know what I'm saying? That, that doesn't happen too often. Yeah. If you're ma- always making the the plans and saying, okay, I will do this, this, this and that. They're like, yeah, okay, cool. And then like the day before, they're like, yeah, never mind. I can't do it no more. Um, obviously, that just gets mad annoying because now I booked off my, 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 my little bit of free time to hang out with you at this one point. And now nothing's happening. You know what I'm saying? So like for me, like I give people like three strikes and if it's all three times, they, they cut it off. Cool. We're still friends, but I'm not asking you to hang out. Next time we hang out, it's going to be because you asked me to hang out. You know what I'm saying? And then that way too, yeah. it also shows you that it is a two, two way street. And it's not just like that. I'm, I'm really just not only the guy that's paying for all the food. You know what I'm saying? It's just also like they mm. actually want to hang out with me too. And that's not even just specifically for girls. It's for any, like any type of friendship in general, yeah. you know, just to show that, they care about you the same way you care about them. That's how I think. Yeah, you're not a celebrity. Like, I'm not gonna exactly. be constantly reaching out for you, like asking for you to like spend time with me and get your clout. Like, no, like, no, it's yeah. not gonna happen. Like, what do you think I am? I'm not doing that. Like, <laughs> like money doesn't- Yeah, no. It's- <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, no. I'm dead. So I know, I'm pretty sure it was you that put this in the notes. I'll ask you the question first. Have you ever got, cause I guess this helps more cause you have a relationship. Have you ever gotten into trouble so far? I don't want you to oust yourself. But have you ever gotten into trouble so far oh, because of anything on social media? Yes, sir. What'd you do? Uh, in, the, in the past, 
in the past uh, I've gone in trouble for um, liking girls' pictures on Instagram, oh. which is like I get it. I get that Instagram likes is a small form of attention, and I understand mm-hmm. like how that can rub someone the wrong way. So I'm more mindful of that now. It's so, like I, I get that. Mm-hmm. At the same time, though, like that's such a small thing to spark that big of an insecurity for for someone but i understand it so i'm mindful of it um in the past that was like one of them uh recently i think that uh with my current girl like i thought it was funny and like on twitter i'm a comedian like i like i tried to be but i got i got in some i got some some hot water because uh we we went to my cottage and uh we spent like a weekend up there with some some close friends and uh, I took some pictures on, I have a 35 millimeter vintage camera. I got the film developed oh, okay. and I, I shared the photos and stuff like that. And then um, I was going to post them once I was off work. But when I was out at work, I was talking with like one of my coworkers and he's toxic as fuck. Sorry for swearing <laughs> my bad. Uh, <laughs> nah, whatever. Uh, we're allowed? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so he's super toxic. So he was like, he's getting in my head about some stuff. So she posted the photos before me, but like I wanted to post the like particular photos um, before her because I, I like them better and like I wanted to get the clout first of all. <laughs> but whatever, it doesn't it doesn't really matter. Like I was just I was at work, I was on some bull, bullshit. Um, so then I tweeted, and I was like, ah, oh, dog, like I can't believe she's out here posting me in the talking stage. And then she, I remember he, like, her that. Sent it to her. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. Her yeah, friend yeah. sent that to her, and then dude. <laughs> Yeah, I was in some hot water, bro. <laughs> I was in the doghouse for at least a full day. I mean, she got it. Like, it was just a joke. And, like, I was just playing around. Like, definitely they rubbed her the wrong way. And, like, I addressed it. And I apologized. I still posted the photos and stuff. And, yeah. Like, you know, we're cool now. Um, but at the time, like, I I definitely got carried away. And I definitely, like, that was definitely one of the toxic things I've ever yeah, done I, on social media. So. I think I remember that. I don't know if it's the same thing. But I remember you posted something about that, like, on your private story. And I was like, yo, this guy, Ethan's rough, fam. What do you mean? Because <laughs> you put it out like that. I was like, oh snap all right cool but yeah no it's it's funny because like like you said like the likes before it's so weird that that can trigger some people so much because it's like i don't know like i've seen certain people like on instagram and they like you know people like they double tap everything and just keep going like keep pushing you know that that's just how they go on instagram so a lot of times it's like how are you like are you sure that's not what it was like are you sure that's not that they're just keep double tapping everything i think it's i think it'd be different obviously if the person like likes it comments and dms you or something like that but it's just like Otherwise, yeah, I don't see like the main, like the real big point. And obviously I'm not in a relationship, so I guess I can't really speak too much on that because there's not one person, like if they get a whole bunch of comments and likes from a guy, like I'm going to be like, yo, da, 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 what is this? All that kind of stuff. I don't, I don't have anyone right now that, that I'd that I'd actually put myself through that kind of mental thing to do. But it's interesting how that kind of stuff has developed. Cause like go back 20 years, that wasn't a thing, yo. Like obviously social media itself wasn't a thing. But at the start of Instagram, whenever it started like 20, what, 13, something like that, people liking other people's pictures. I don't know if that was that big a deal, you know, until like I know before people used to like, you know, remember the activity tab on Instagram where people would look and see what you were doing, like, okay. <sighs> They just like someone's picture. They just like, they just commented on someone's picture. And it's just like, yo, what was that tab even for? Like, <laughs> that was just for creeping off. Yo. Because <laughs> I would yeah, see Yeah, I got like, in trouble because that tab. Did you really? Yeah, I see oh my thing. God. Yeah, I did. Why? Do you want to explain it or do you uh, keep that under under ropes? Well, like, so like, like I had gone in trouble, like for, for liking other girls' pictures, like in a, like a past relationship. And like, it was halfway through the relationship that they got rid of that activity tab. And like, so they couldn't check it anymore. Uh, so then I went back to liking like the pictures I wanted. Uh, like, plus I was at a time where like, I was I was kind of done. Like I, I had mentally checked out, and I was like, ah, whatever, uh, dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Nah, so I know you already spoke about it in this. So you would say that was your most toxic thing you've ever done was posting that thing on your story, right? Uh, like in a social media sense, like I've definitely like yeah. done some more toxic things. Do you want to elaborate on that or do you want to just keep that under wraps? You don't have to elaborate on that. Cause I know Ooh, you're in a relationship. If you go first, I can gauge what kind of stories I can tell. Okay, okay, I'll go first, I'll go first. Cause honestly, I know I spoke about it, I guess briefly in, I think it was my first or second podcast, I think. Um, where people, I think it was you, you asked me was the most toxic thing I've ever done. And I was saying, so I don't think I was that toxic of a person. I'm trying to think back of when I was actually in the relationship, all that kind of stuff. I think the most toxic thing I've done was when I was out of the relationship. So like for me, I think this was, it was grade 12 essentially. And, you know, obviously at that point I was in a relationship for the last two years, you know what I'm saying? So I wasn't speaking to nobody else. Like it's like, and it was one of those relationships where for her talking to any other girl, like that's, that's a huge no, no fam. You know what I'm saying? And so I don't know. I, <laughs> I think back of it now and I think it was dumb. She probably thinks the same. I don't know. But um, like the same as me in the sense that like that, that can't go on no more. Like, I think if you're in a relationship now, you have to be okay with them talking to, you know what I'm saying? Other people than just you. Yeah. But at the time, you know, we break up. I was, I was like, I was on some like, like, you know, hot girl summer. I was on like hot boy summer at that point, yo. Cause I was like, you know what? Let me just go crazy. Let me just talk to everybody. So I was talking to, um, I was talking to one girl that, I'm not gonna say how I know her, but it was in a professional setting. So take that however you wanna take it. I met her through a professional setting. Okay. And um, you know, me and her chop it up a little bit, whatever is cool. And then like, I remember like one day on Instagram, I was just scrolling through like, you know, the the um, the explore page and stuff. You just see like a whole bunch of random people. And so I saw this one girl on my explore page. I was like, whoa, I was like, yo, who's this? <laughs> I thought she was like an Instagram model. Posture. Yeah. <laughs> I was, <Yeah. laughs> I was like, okay, cool. She's like an Instagram model, something like that. So I click on her profile and she's like, yo, she's from Markham. Like she's local. And I was like, oh snap. So, you know, I followed her on, on Instagram and then I got a follow back and I was like, oh snap. Okay. She knows I exist. She knows I'm alive. We're good. This is like right after thing. Right. So, um, and I still remember to this day. I don't know if she's gonna be listening to this, but I'll say it anyways. I remember I answered her off of, I had her on Snapchat or whatever. I never spoke to her. This is like a couple months after I first like started following her. And um, she posted something on her um, on her Snapchat about like the All-Star Weekend when it was here. So 20, what was that? I don't know what year that was. But- um, 2016. Yeah, so when they were, um, was it 2016 for real? Snap, so then I don't know. Yeah. Okay, then I don't know if it was the All-Star Weekend when it was here, but it was an all, it, she posted something about All-Star Weekend. She's a ball player. And um, posted something about the, the three-point contest. I answered, and then from that point, you know, we started chopping it up, talking, all this kind of stuff. And um, it got to the point where there was this party or something like that, but I, that um, she wanted me to go to. But at that time, I was only talking to her for like a couple of days, and I was like, okay, I don't really, I don't, I, first of all, I'm not a real party guy to begin with, but the fact that I didn't really know her that well, I'm not just going to go to a party just because you say, you know what I'm saying? But whatever, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. End up keep talking to these two girls, like pretty, not at the same time, but it was kind of like, like the one that I met in the professional setting was more like an on and off kind of thing. Like I'll talk to her every now and then, and then kind of go cold and then talk to her again. The other girl though, I was talking to her pretty much the whole way through. And um, yeah. it so happened that, one day, I don't remember who asked first, but someone asked me to go to like, to go watch something, go like a movie or something like that, like at night. And I was like, okay, cool. And then this other girl from the professional setting asked me to hang out earlier in that same day. And I was like, ah, oh, man, you know, I can't, I can't hang out with both, with both people. Cause that's just, that's just real slimy. And I was like, 
I went home and I was like, but can't you, can't you hang out with both people? Like, they don't know each other. No one knows. <laughs> I'm not going to like, it's no hard feelings. It's just one time. So I went and, you know, did whatever, hung out with the first girl earlier on in the day. Um, and I hung out with the second girl that night. And, you know, both of them were real cool. But I think the worst part about the thing is it makes it bad. And I'm airing out my parents. My parents both knew about it. They both knew that I was setting up to go out with two different people, you know, they were asking me like, how was the, you know, how was, how was the first one? You know what I'm saying? Not, 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 not in that sense, but <laughs> asking me, you know, how was, how was going out at whenever at this time? I think that was like, the worst thing I done. Cause it's like, yo, that was that disclaimer. That's not me no more ladies. I don't do that. That was just, like I said, that was my hot boy summer. <laughs> that was hot boy summer. That's not me no more. But at the time, yeah, I was, I was all over that. Like I remember like I sat at the edge of my bed, like during that summer, I was like, yo, I'm going out every single day this summer. And like, essentially I sort of did, but, <laughs> but it was like, it wasn't always, you know, with girls, it was just like, just going out in general, like with like guys and all kind of stuff. Yeah. So I was just doing a whole bunch of crazy stuff. But uh, yeah, I'd say that was the most quote unquote toxic thing I've ever done. But we move, we move. Um, yeah, man, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> what, you got any comments on that, yo? That's not that bad. That's it's not, not right. Bad. Okay. It's not that bad. <laughs> all right. Good, good, good. Cause I don't no, know. No, dude. Like, I mean, I guess it's all like relative. Right. But in, in my humble opinion, if you will, uh, uh, no, it's, that's an extremely minor situation. I just, you know, like Sat it wasn't like you told him that like you weren't, you weren't talking to other people. Like it wasn't yeah. like you guys were exclusive. I'm, I'm what I'm getting from this story. So yeah, yeah, I feel yeah. like that's, it's not that toxic. I'm sure like you were feeling pretty, pretty prime time by the evening, but yeah, at that honest. time I was like, yo, I'm the man. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so gauging off that what about what about you what's the most toxic thing you've done all right um all right cool so now, i i was a, yeah 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 uh all right so i'll give some context i i, I was like a late sprout in high school so like i wasn't really like dealing with girls in high school i was more of like an athlete like i did very well in school like i, I was very studious i still like talking to girls and stuff like that but mm-hmm. like uh, girls would tell me all the time like you know like you're cute we're just waiting for you to like hit puberty i was like oh, dang. Uh, so <laughs> it was tough out here dog so you know like i finally grew like grade 12 like i started getting like more socially comfortable like i wasn't like i, I always had personality because like i i wasn't like an attractive person so like the only way people like would want to chop it up <laughs> with me is if like i could shoot the shit like yeah. i got good at that and then i'd eventually like i got tall and like things started to get better so first year university like i i got there and i uh, i moved into Pimmon hall which is like the okay. kind of like the main party res if you will mm. on campus and i lived on the uh 11th floor and um i started to getting into like a relationship with a girl that was on my floor which i told myself i wouldn't do but i ended up uh. it was just like one of those scenarios which just ended up happening it is what it is yeah um we ended up uh, taking some time apart during like that time. And there was this girl that I had met at McMaster through my best friend, Matt, and she was very, very sweet. And uh, we hit it off really well. But when we first met each other, I was still in a relationship with a girl from, from Ryerson. So I have nothing came up of it, but she like was, you know, on my radar, if you will. Mm-hmm. So uh, <laughs> we, I, <laughs> I go back to school um, after the Christmas break and um, I'm not in a relationship at this time. And this girl, she goes to McMaster, but she's from Vaughn. So she hit me up. She's like, hey, like I'm still home for a Christmas break. Like, what are you doing? Like, can I come down, like hang out for the day? I was like, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, but at the time, like I was still like, kind of like interested in possibly getting back together with the girl. I was right. like on my floor or whatever. So, yeah. uh, yeah. So like, I, I, I told her like, Hey, like, it's cool if you come over. So I think like, this is not the proudest moment of my life, but I like had her, uh, come to Pimmon hall and then we took the elevator to the 10th floor and then got out. And then I had her walk oh. up the flight of stairs <laughs> because like there was, 
<laughs> there was this like when you got out of the elevator. I don't know if you've been to Pimmin, but when you know the elevator, there's this like common area like right outside, um, like the elevator. As soon as you get up, and like she would always be chilling in there with her friends and stuff like that. So like I knew that. I, I was a conscious uh, of that. I was like, all right, what we're gonna do is. We're gonna take the elevator to the tenth floor. We're gonna hop out. Because like my my room was at the end of the wing. Yeah. So okay. we would we pop out. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I'm saying? But the girl that like from McMaster, like she was into me too. So like I, I think that like definitely like kind of rubbed her the wrong way. And I still feel bad about that. Like that definitely not my proudest moment. Definitely yeah. probably the most toxic thing I've ever done. I'm not proud of it. Like it's not me anymore. But at that time in first year university, I was definitely like, you know, a little too my my head was definitely a lot bigger. Like I, I had a lot yeah. of smoke blowing on my ass, if you will. Yeah, oh, so there you damn. go. You can That's, feast on that. See, you know That's, what the crazy thing is with that? is that there was thought behind it you know what i'm saying like that's like i said before man women are very smart with how they do certain things guys aren't so ethan doing that no. yo that was out of character yeah. you know what i'm saying he he evolved right there and started you know he, he saw the inner workings of it and i was like oh man that's that's really smart you know he, he took notes yeah servant took notes of yeah. what he knows prior and then applied them to, to the situation yeah that's nuts yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, that actually makes mine sound very minor. But anyways, man, like I said. Yeah, I do that. And I gauge that one off yours. Just know that. Like, I, <laughs> I, we can talk off the recording if you want about some more. But for sure. right now, we're just staying with that one. Got you. Yeah, no. And then again, disclaimer, this isn't us no more. You know what I mean? Ethan said it. It's not his proudest no. moment. Wasn't my proudest moment. You know, no. things happen. It's just mm-hmm. life. You know, stuff happens here and there. Yeah. Whatever. We're grown too, now. No, no, yeah, we're grown. We're anymore. adults. Ethan is in a relationship, you know, I'm chilling. So like I said before on like my first or second podcast, ladies, my age, what's up, man? Will we actually, you know what? Hit me up after Christmas. Cause you know, money and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah. Like I said before, all that stuff, comedic purposes, you know, don't take any of that stuff seriously. We're just here for the laugh. Yeah. We're just here for the banter, you know, hopefully y'all, uh, had a good laugh. You know what I mean? while you guys were watching this or whatever um but yeah man that's pretty much been episode four with none other than ethan pogue hopefully bro i'm not gonna lie hopefully you can come back onto the uh, onto the podcast at some other point you know never you're free to bro yeah i love chopping it up with you bro yeah yeah. so you guys know it's been episode four it's me your boy scott gonzalez with uh ethan pogue Hopefully, you know, we'll be dropping another episode sooner rather than later. This one might actually come out to two parts. I don't know how long this podcast has been, but I'll probably <laughs> chop it into two parts and, you know, put it that way. But, um, yeah, man, without any further ado, it's been your boy Sky Gonzalez, Ethan Pogue. Have a good one, guys. Easy.